0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Spirituality and Magic Podcast. I'm your host once again, Hunter Salazar, and today I'm going to do a video titled Random Books, Random Points. So, I have a number of books in front of me, and I'm going to be basically saying at least one point per book that I really liked that I got from the book. At least one point. Um, These are going to be pretty random, (laughs) because uh, there's actually a lot of points in all these books, but uh, there's, there's one or two in each that I really like about the book. So, let's go ahead and start with um, Easy Travel to Other Planets by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhu- Prabhupada. Um, long title. Uh, if you just type in Swami Prabhupada, it, uh, so like, let me, let me spell, pra- okay, here we go. P-R-A-B-H-U-P-A-D-A. And uh, it's easy to travel to other planets. Now, in this book, um, it described a few things that I really found interesting. So he makes the point that, um, he makes the point that the soul is the true antimaterial particle, that antimatter still is damaged or, or is lessened when it contacts something else, namely matter. Um, I'm paraphrasing here very much. Um, it still can be taken down by its opposite. The true antimaterial particle that transcends both matter and antimatter is that which is kind of like a away or separate from um, these two. No, living in, but completely different than um, matter and antimatter. So the antimaterial particle is the soul. And he describes that the soul, the reason why we age, is that our antimatter particle which is a soul is trying to escape material bondage it's trying to escape um, being bound to a uh, body and material and being bound in a certain place instead of where it wants to go which is to the source now that's why we age but it's also why um, it's also a direction of learning so the reason why after somebody dies it doesn't go directly to the source unless they were extremely extremely enlightened, unless they were very enlightened, um, is because there's other things that the soul has to experience and realize. Lessons it has to learn. Um, every single desire or plan that we make has to be experienced in some way before a soul can completely merge with uh, the source, Godhead. And we have to see everything play out. Now, if you if you are on the path of um asceticism where you're relinquishing all ties and you spend your entire life focusing on the source that will be a life well spent as far as the soul is concerned because it's trying to get back to the source and that's one that's one thing that i took from this book that i thought was very um very shaping in how i kind of understood what the soul was now um let's go ahead and go to another book so This book is Futhark, A Handbook of Rune Magic by Edred Thorson. Now, Edred Thorson puts out a lot of books. Um, This one is my favorite, and I call it my Rune Bible. Now, the reason I call it my Rune Bible is because it really explains every rune so well. So there's different aspects to its explanation. So let me just go to a page with a random rune, and uh, we'll just work from there. So, uh... This this rune is uh Sowelo, or I call it um, There's It actually has a pronunciation in uh, Germanic, Goth, Old English, and Norse, Old Norse. And uh, it also shows you the alternative forms of this rune, the different forms that it has taken in different cultures, and probably over time. It's phonetic value as well, which is S, um, so Sowelu, emphasis on the S. And then it says, esoteric interpretation of nature, or of name, uh, colon, the holy solar wheel. Ideographic interpretation, one part of the dynamic solar wheel which developed with the form, uh, kind of a cross with a circle around it, or the thunderbolt. And then it goes into a description of kind of the history of the rune, and... What it has meant, what it has meant for other people, and then after that, it goes into um, it has another section where it has a, a couple other helpful sections for every rune. Once again, keywords: solar wheel, magical will, will, guide, goal, and path, success, honor, and then it has Galder. So the Galder is something that's interesting. So the Galder is basically a chant that you do with the name of Suelo and it's a chance that you kind of combine different parts of the word to um kind of focus on different parts uh, of the rune so galder i'll go ahead and read what it says sawelu 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 Ol, su sa si se so us <laughs> as is s os so se si sa su so it's a de- bunch of different combinations of just that one word, and then the last thing that it has for each rune is a stodhur, S-T-O two dots above it, D-H-U-R, um, and this is basically a section where it's showing you how to make the rune with your body, and this is something that I've actually used quite a bit in different um, rituals because I, I think that it kind of it's an aid to kind of tapping into that rune just by making it with your body. And also focusing on the rune is very powerful, so uh, it just basically shows you a human being making that symbol, and then describes how the uh, how you do that through words as well. So um, it's a great book for it's a great book for a number of reasons, but the main reason is that it had so comprehensive on each rune, and that's that's really why I call it my rune Bible. So uh let's go on to another book. All these books are completely unrelated in most cases, by the way. Okay, so this is uh this is a book by Paramantsa Yokananda autobiography of a yogi. This is uh the self-realization fellowship version of it, which is his um the foundation he started in Encinitas, I believe, California, somewhere in California. Self-realization Fel- fellowship, feel free to look that up. But honestly, most of the time I think Kriyananda's stuff is more of what uh, Paramahansa Yogananda was trying to teach, but that's just my personal opinion. I could be wrong. Um, at any rate, so what do I like about auto- Autobiography of a Yogi? So, Autobiography of a Yogi really shows you what yo- yogic powers you can manifest if you, <clears throat> if you really focus on uh, your yogic path. Now, he talks about Kriya Yoga being his and how he went through the path. Um, but really, he he's implying that uh, these powers can be reached through any yogic path. Um, you really follow him in his life. Uh, there's a lot of things in it that seem like miracles that, you know, in the back of your head, you're like, there's no way this is true. Um, for instance, uh, when he was a young man, and once again, even when he was a child, he was meditating for many hours a day. Um, and which is remarkable because we're talking about at a very young age. And he said he actually remembered being a baby and just not being able to move his body very well, and it was frustrating. So once you reach a certain level of of, uh, awareness, that awareness kind of comes with you from the previous life. And then we can kind of keep on building and building and building until we reach a point to where we are conscious of our entire life, I mean, completely. So, Paramahansa Yogananda when he was a child there was this uh, terrible storm coming i think it was more like a monsoon but let's just call it a storm and he didn't want he didn't want anybody around him to be affected so he started reading off this mantra and casting something into the water i uh, can't remember what it was um but I, he was also making something out of paper and then uh, doing these mantras and then doing that even not having been taught you know how to do this stuff uh, the storm did not hit his near his village, and it actually dissipated. Once again, it seems like miracles. Um, and also, there's this one, there's this one aspect that I remember. That's uh, there's there's so many good aspects of this book, but I'm just getting into the ones a uh, couple that uh, I don't have to go like full on. I have to explain everything. Uh, another really cool moment was um, when he was traveling and, and visiting different yogis and learning from them. And, uh, he reached this guy that could basically, through energy, make your body or, or like, uh, or even put it in a, he could put it in a vial, but really alternate your body's energy to smell a certain way. So he could actually alter somebody's energy to smell like this or that. And of course he could do it for himself. And Yoko was like, I mean, I guess, <laughs> paraphrasing here. Uh, I mean, that's, that's interesting, but, uh, you know, what good does it do me basically was his... His Thought, um, Autobiography of Yogi, the lineage uh, ending in Yokananda. So the lineage from Yokananda back in time is uh, Yokananda, Swami Sri Sh- Yukteswar, uh, Lahiri Moshe, uh, Babaji, and Krishna. Of course, actually before, after Babaji is, is Christ, Jesus Christ, and then Krishna. So to start really, if we're going from like oldest to newest, Krishna, Jesus Christ, Babaji, Lahiri Moshe, uh Swami Sri Teshwar, and then Paramahansa Yogananda. So he he had a very illustrious lineage, if you believe the Yogananda lineage. And these, this is a Kriya Yoga lineage. I believe it, but I understand if you might not, depending on your different beliefs. At any rate, um, let me go ahead and get a word from our sponsor before I continue. And we are back, everyone. So uh, let's talk about this next book that is really unlike the other books that I have here. So it's the Psychic Vampire Codex: A Manual of Magic and Energy Work by Michelle Bellanger. Michelle Bellanger. She actually has a few videos on YouTube. I, I noticed a while back. So what she describes in this is that uh, there's, you know, there's a, a good way to be a, a energy vampire, basically. She's not a sanguine. She doesn't actually drink blood. Um, there's a good way to be, and that you're, this is the original intention, was that basically you do take somebody a little some of some but some of but not all of course somebody's energy um, through their spine um, through energy vampire techniques, but they do it to people who have blockages. They have basically you, you should. The original purpose, or the reason why psychic vampires have emerged in all of creation is because the original purpose was to, you get these blockages of energy building up in certain chakras of your spine, and then once they draw out the energy and they release those blockages, and then you can actually have a more balanced uh, spiritual state. She also talks about um, being one of... uh, a number of uh i can't remember what her group is called but uh, they all remember um being priests and priestesses in ancient egypt and they've been reincarnated again and again and again but they keep on remembering and this is an ancient order of psychic vampires basically but she is her and her uh group i can't remember what it's called so i'm not going to name it um they're very – they actually do care about people and they're, they seem very serious as far as like they want to relieve energy blockages. They want to help people in other spiritual ways. Yes, they do feed that way, but they use it only if somebody says yes and only if that person – well, also if that person needs to have that service done to them, which actually might not look a whole lot physically. Um, there's not like a – they don't pull out a knife or anything like that. They don't bite you um but uh they they deal with energy work and uh she actually gave a number of really good energy ideas in this book where she um she kind of explains how to put up a shield a, a, a energy shield how to feed in public from people that without without like drawing it from them because basically people walk around and and kind of just leave energy behind everywhere because they're not aware of it they they don't realize what thoughts that kind of leaves energy behind what what makes their energy put off a big surplus so people are just leaving energy everywhere and you know at my work I used to uh stand in the middle of a section where I work and then there's a lot of people around and I would just draw in any vacant energy that was that people left behind I would picture this huge like whirling I, I wouldn't say tornado more like a slow a slow spiral galaxy type shape, and I and I would just stand there and gather in all that energy people were leaving behind, and it's uh, it's one hell of an, an experience. It's something you got to really practice, but honestly, there's it's not really too much to it besides vi- visualization. You kind of want to keep your eyes open uh, if you're visualizing. Once again, your eyes going a little bit out of focus is something that happens when you're actually visualizing. But that's okay. Um, you can actually go about your day and maybe make it less intense and just kind of keep that visualization in the back of your mind. And then you can pull in a lot of energy. You have to basically see. You kind of you have to be able to see and um, understand how the energy gets to you whether it goes into your solar plexus or the back of your head or your third eye. It just depends on the person, to be honest. And you have to, in this visualization, you have to hash out exactly what this big old spiral looks like so that you can focus on it very clearly. Um, this is one method she talks about, and um, it actually it, it it does benefit me. I find that I don't really do that anymore just because there's a lot of energy that I don't want to take in, and I end up taking in a wide variety of energies that I'm not, myself, I'm not able to really purify, so I I don't want to get, I don't really want to get anybody's leftovers anymore. <laughs> I'm not really good about drawing that energy in without um, taking in somebody's bad energy. At any rate, there's that, just a couple points on that one. It's a good book, The Psychic Vampire Codex, really good about, about describing energy and stuff like that. I could go into further points, but I kind of want to just make this uh, one or two points per book right now. Um, you can always request me to talk more about a particular book. If you want to contact me at www.facebook.com slash hunter.salazar. Message me, friend me, what have you. At any rate, so let's go to another book. Um, the Tao Te Ching. So this book is remarkable. It's um, It makes you think in a way that it's hard to it's hard to put your feet on the ground. It feels like you're dealing in vast concepts and you can't really get a hold of them because like we're we don't we're not mainly grand conception oriented as far as most people in society. I mean, there's plenty of people who are. They're just a very small minority. And those are the people who truly understand these things and we just kind of like, got a grasp, we kind of grasp at understanding. And then every now and then, I might realize something one of, those, one of these and uh, one of these stanzas. Um, they might be called something else in the Tao Te Ching. They might not be called stanzas. But at any rate, one of, these, you know, one of these individual stanzas, I might understand it just randomly as I'm going about my life, like, oh, wow, that actually makes sense now. And there's various levels of understanding for each stanza. Um, they, really, the level of understanding per stanza never stops developing. It's never like, okay, I understand this one completely. It doesn't really work that way. So let me read a couple just to give you an idea. When a country is in harmony with the Tao, the factories make trucks and tractors. When a country goes counter to the Tao, warheads are stockpiled outside the cities. There is no greater illusion than fear, no greater wrong than prepare, preparing to defend yourself, no greater misfortune than having an enemy. Whoever can see through all fear will always be safe. And then, um, go ahead and go to another one without opening your door you can open your heart to the world without looking out the window you can see the essence of the Tao. the more you know the less you understand <laughs> the master arrives without leaving sees the light within looking oh, hold on the master arrives without leaving sees the light without looking achieves without doing a thing once again, these are very hard to understand. They actually should be meditated on. Um, it's very much, you know, each standard should be meditated on. The Tao Te Ching, once again, T-A-O, space, C-H-I-N-G. Wonderful book. Really, really, um, really, really hard to understand on our level, to be honest. I, I don't view myself as somebody who is, it understands a lot of it. I understand some of it, I think. Um, but once again, I, I'm i not going to claim to be an expert on Tao Te Ching. Uh, but um, by the way, I I think I said earlier, I didn't say with a So it's T-A-O-T-E-T-H-I-N-G. Three different words. Okay, so let's go on to another book. Um, ah, this one. I haven't read this in a long time. So The Daemon, A Guide to Your Extraordinary Secret Self by Anthony Peake. So what I remember the most about this book. Like, I remember a few things, but one thing that really struck me, and this is... Let me just spell this out for you. Uh, the Daemon. D-A-E-M-O-N. A Guide to Your Extraordinary uh, Secret Self by Anthony Peake. I just want to make sure you get all these titles if you ever want to look into them. So, he he really talks about what the daemon is. It's not... He doesn't mean it by demon. Um, he's talking about the self as the Greeks understood it. Something that you... That... You con the conscious you kind of debates the higher you or the or the different you that's in you kind of like um, the one who is challenging you or questioning you and you're trying to uh, explain it to yourself. So like he gave his example of Socrates that Socrates would talk to his daemon as he was on um, guard while while he was in the uh, when it, when he was in the army that he was in. I can't remember. I think it was Athens that he uh, fought for, but. Um, He'd have conversations with um, the challenging part of himself, like, oh, do you think you understand this? Well, look at, you know, this result, or this and that, this and that. Um, That was the daemon as Socrates understood him. So the daemon in this is very much not necessarily like your bad side, but the side of you that challenges what you think you understand. And um, he also had a really interesting idea about how, he had an interesting idea about afterlife. So... He believes that consciousness doesn't just you know when you're dying it doesn't doesn't just stop. Um, it actually has a really interesting effect on the consciousness. So when you're dying, your consciousness time basically slows all around you, and he he kind of compared time to a um, a radiation particle or a radion I think or a radiation particle slowly um, losing its. Uh, I wish I could remember the word, but slowly using its its. Energy, but it happens very slowly, and everything around it seems to be going just as fast. But for some for some reason, um, that it's it's like that radiation particle that's going so slow while everything is going so quick. Oh, he called it a half life. He was comparing it to a radiation half life. Um, so basically, the consciousness that you have when you die, it seems like you're in a place forever, based on what your mind produces because you've slowed, uh, time has basically slowed down so much for you that, um, you know, it's it's like basically, I think I said the reverse earlier, it's basically like you sped up a whole bunch, and uh, you're experiencing that half-life slowly degenerates, and then everything around you is really slow. So, the way that he explains it through many different scientific studies, but He equated the afterlife to the the consciousness in connection with the afterlife and why some people come back saying they saw this or that because consciousness kind of like very, very... uh, You experience a a lot um, before you die. And um, so whether it goes slow or quick, basically, the consciousness that you have, it seems like it's almost forever. And your consciousness slowly just peters out. I don't know if... I don't remember if he was um, in reference to uh, a certain theory at the end of that, but I found it fascinating that he compared the afterlife to a, a radiation particle half-life. And that... so we just experienced so much that it seems like forever. But anyway, <laughs> that's the book that I remember the least, so I apologize. Um, at any rate, let's go on to another book. So, by the way, I read The Damon like a decade ago. Anyway, uh, okay, so Odin's Way in the Modern World. Um, Waylon Scott Grimson is a remarkable author. He is a modern-day berserker. What that means, and then I've I've brought this up countless times, but I learned it from him. So if you've heard this before, like, oh, you've mentioned that before. Well, I learned it from this guy. Um, So Odin's Way in the Modern World, I think uh, this is the book that I read by him that he talks about. How a berserker, the reason why they were so fierce is because they, they were able to put themselves into a state where their uh, sympathetic and uh, parasympathetic nervous systems um, basically combine in reference, in reference to your nervous system. And it's really hard to perceive yourself as an individual. Um, and also, it's hard for you to perceive something like fear. And the last thought you have in your head, if I, like, I'm a wolf or I'm a bear, that's what sticks. And they put themselves into this situation either th- through pain, through, through um, actually meditation as well, um, or through extreme levels of like ag- 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 aggravation. So, berserkers, a lot of them were actually more spiritual than we thought. They just found out, but they they couldn't really explain it to us because they couldn't put it in, into words, but. He talks about being, he's an Ulfhednar, which means wolf shirt, whereas a Berserker means a bear shirt. Um, But he also talks about how you can be a Berserker or an Ulfhednar in regard to knowledge, to learning and producing, being inspired. He said there was one scholar with his group, when there was like a group of them, and they they weren't all Berserkers, they were just like, there was a Mayanad, which is a a woman um, kind of Berserker that's. It's very Greek in origin. The Mayanads. Um, there was uh, there was other people, there, but there was other people. One person that followed Loki, and you know they would all like f- fight, except for the scholar. He wouldn't fist f- fist fight, but he would learn from the that, that he would give. You know, he would receive information, give inter- information back. <laughs> he didn't have the exchange of fighting, but um, that scholar did, and he said this is just as valid. Being inspired and reaching that state. That can also be that same thing that the berserkers go into. It doesn't have to be fighting. It can be, it can be just inspiration and knowledge and tapping into something that's just so much deeper than where we usually are. And that's what berserkers do, and no matter who they are, even if they're trying to get inspiration. That's, that's, who, that's who they are. Um, he also talks about how to follow Odin in the modern world. He talks about a lot of Odin's names. One of, one of Odin's names that I actually use, that he taught me through his book anyway, was uh, uh, Wordwolf. So Wordwolf is not found in any literature anywhere. The reason I call Odin Wordwolf and the way he described it was so perfect, I started doing that and then honestly my speech has only improved and my idea, um, my ability to concentrate on my ideas have also improved. Um, also, if I really wanted to manip- manipulate somebody, I could. But I don't really use that part. Um, wordwolf basically means like well, exactly what it says. Uh, you're a wolf with words. You're clever. You're sly. Um, you, uh, you have an intensity. That's, that's, that's kind of what wordwolf is to me. Um, at any rate, if y'all have any questions about any of these books, feel free to contact me. And I can go into deeper detail. But uh, yeah, I just gave in some random points um, some random, uh, points from these that I remember, and I remember more, of course, but this is going to be a very, uh, pantheistic video, um, at any rate, thank you very much for listening, and I hope all of you have a wonderful day.